seeing a reenactment of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is an experience that's incredibly chilling. I remember going to see the Passion of the Christ and being struck by the horror, by the terror of that moment, watching our Lord and Savior, what he must have went through, being beaten with the cat of nine tails, the whip with nine straps that was encrusted with pieces of metal and and sharp objects that were designed to tear his skin. But it can become a flesh fest as well because all we see is something brutal and something terrifying. But at the same time, it's important that we come to grips with the reality of it and see it for what it is because we can talk about the cross of Jesus Christ as if he just pricked his finger. We can talk about the blood of Jesus Christ as if he just got a cut. But it was more than just the pricking of his finger. It was the giving of his life. And when he talks about the giving of his life, he tells his disciples many times before this event happens that he's going to give his life. But each time he speaks of the giving of his life, he speaks of the giving of his life, not that his life is going to be taken. He doesn't speak of the taking of his life. He speaks of the giving of his life. We see this and and the one thing that we don't want to do is begin to feel sorry for Jesus as if something terrible happened to him. But we do want to feel the pain of it with Jesus. Not that we're all so callous about it and say, well, you know... But when Jesus spoke of this, He said in John chapter 10, verse 18, He said, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received of my Father. He says, I came to give my life, and my Father commanded me to lay it down. And so I'm here to lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it back up again. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says that he offered himself unblemished to God. He offered himself. He gave himself. We see here also in John chapter 19 that the Scripture says in verse 28 that after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, He says, it is finished. Knowing that all things were accomplished, He says, it is finished. And bowing His head, He gave up His spirit. Meaning, He made a decision at that moment, okay, it's done. And He gave His life to the Father. He had that much power Now, I don't know if you've ever died before or not. But you and I both know that you can't just make a decision to die. You see, some people are in such terrible pain that they wish they could die. And some people are in such terrible pain that they try to kill themselves. 
But Jesus, knowing that the purpose of the Father for his life had been accomplished, had the power to say, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the Spirit and offered himself unblemished to God at that moment. The nails didn't kill him. But he offered himself unblemished to God. And when we're talking about the offering of Jesus Christ, we're talking about the paradigm for our offering to God. Because the one difference between us and Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ had the power to offer Himself unblemished to God. That is, His offering to God was completely unblemished. There was no stain on it. There was no taint. There was no sin on it. There was no wickedness, no unrighteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He offered Himself unblemished to God and the offering was received because it was a perfect sacrifice. But you and I have disqualified ourselves from that a long time ago. When we come together to worship, we say worship is the offering of ourselves to God. But have you ever stopped and asked the question, why would God want me? I'm a blemished sacrifice. Jesus offered himself unblemished. He wasn't even angry at the ones who beat him like that. Nailed him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Have you ever been angry at somebody before? Disqualified. <laughs> Jesus offered himself unblemished to God. Meaning even in his worst place of agony, you see... At every place where we're tempted to sin, it's always a place of pain and agony. And we use that pain and agony as an excuse. You burst out at somebody in anger, you say, well, you know, he made me mad. But even at his place of wor of the worst place of agony that any human being ever experienced, he did not sin. He offered himself unblemished to God, but the scripture says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So why would God even want my sacrifice? And on what basis can I offer it? Actually, what this teaches me is that I cannot offer myself to God by my own power. I can't just make a decision, God, I offer myself to you. That offering is not accepted. It's a tainted offering. It's a tainted sacrifice. The psalmist prays a prayer in Psalm chapter 141 verse 2. It's a psalm of David. He says, may the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. David prays this prayer during a time at which he separated from the tabernacle. He separated from the place of sacrifice. He's not able to be there when they're offering sacrifices to the Lord and he's out in the wilderness and he's running for his life and he's saying, God, I don't have an animal to offer you and I don't have a sacrifice to give you, but the only thing I have are these two hands. But I know these two hands are not enough, so would you work a miracle and make the lifting of my hands like the evening sacrifice? When I lift my hands to you, would you receive it as if an animal were laid on the altar before you? When I lift my hands to you, would you receive it as if it was a spotless lamb? I know that these hands are not spotless, but would you work a miracle? See, the thing we need to understand is that worship is a miracle. 
I mean, we talk about miracles, the miracle, the healing of the sick and the, the opening of the eyes of the blind and the lame and the deaf and the mute and walking on water. But the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is when God gives you the power to offer yourself to God. When God anoints you with the power of self-surrender. Anybody here ever had something you wanted to release to God, but you felt like you just couldn't? I mean, no matter how many times I tried, God, take this, He wouldn't take it. You said a thousand times, God, I give this to you. God, I let this go. God, I'm turning away from it. God, I, I'm walking away from it right now. God, I give it up. I give it up. And you just took it right back up the next day. Then sometimes 10 minutes later, fifth, you said, God, I give it to you and walked away. Wait, what are you still doing here? What, God, why is it that I don't have the power to give this to you? Worship is a miracle. Real worship. A real offering of yourself to God. And that's why Hebrews 9.14 says, Through the eternal Spirit, He offered Himself to God. He offered Himself to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit anointed Him to offer Himself to God. And the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you and me to offer ourselves to God. May the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. May the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. The evening sacrifice was the sacrifice that was laid on the altar at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The morning sacrifice was laid at 9 a.m. every morning. And the evening sacrifice was laid at 3 p.m. every evening. And the evening sacrifice was a completely dead thing. It was a total sacrifice. David says, may the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. That is, would you anoint us to lift up our hands and offer to you a complete offering. Not a half offering, but a whole offering. Not a partial offering, but a full offering. Not a blemished offering. David is literally saying, would you make us white as snow? Would you cleanse us and make us as white as snow so that in the lifting of our hands... We offer to you a complete offering. Would you work a miracle? Would you anoint us? You see, there are two things that God wants to anoint our hands to do. First, He wants to anoint us to lift up our hands in worship. And secondly, He wants to anoint us to lay our hands in prayer. Jesus said to His disciples, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But let me tell you something. What empowers the laying on of your hands is the lifting up of your hands. And if there's no anointing on the lifting up of your hands, there will be no anointing on the laying on of, of your hands. And if there's there's no power in the lifting up of your hands. There'll be no power in the laying on of your hands. You want to know why when you lay hands on the sick, they don't get healed? It's because when you lift up your hands to God, nothing is offered. And so God is calling us tonight to begin to reach for a new anointing. A new empowering of the Holy Spirit that the cry of our hearts would be, Oh God, would you allow the lifting of my hands to be like the evening sacrifice? That our hearts would cry out day and night, God, when I lift my hands, let it be different. Let it be something other than just a mere lifting of the hands, a mere religious experience. You know, anybody can go to church and do what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is lifting up their hands, I'll lift up my hands. Is, is it time? Is it that part of the song? Do you lift up your hands during the chorus or the verse? Church, I went to these to tell you, you always lift your hands during the chorus and put them down during the verse. They train you, you know, and so as soon as we get to the chorus, every hand in the building would be lifted up. 
And then it would go back down for the next verse. But what does it mean? Jesus died on the cross with His hands outstretched to God. And in the lifting of His hands, He became the evening sacrifice that day. He became the eternal sacrifice that day. And it was a complete offering. There's many in this room tonight that are crying out in your hearts, God, I got some things I want to give to you, but I don't know how to get rid of them. I've lifted my hands again and again and again. There's stuff on me that I want to shake off of my hands and it won't come off. Would you make the lifting of my hands like the evening sacrifice? In Psalm chapter 63, verse 4, the psalmist says, In your name I will lift up my hands. In your name I will lift up my hands. Do you know what it means to do something in the name of? You know, we talk about doing something in the name of Jesus. He said, in my name you will cast out demons. In my name you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Whatever you ask in my name... I will give you, Jesus said. When Jesus talked about doing things in His name, He meant that you would do it in His authority and His power as if He were doing it Himself. When He gives you the authority of His name, He gives you the power to do to act as if He acted. To do as if He did. The psalmist says, In your name I will lift up my hands. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Do you hear that? He says, I'm going to lift up my hands from a New Testament perspective. We'd say, I'm I'm about to lift up my hands in the name of Jesus. In the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm lifting up my hands, meaning I'm getting ready to offer my life by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm offering myself to God, not by my own power, but by the power of Jesus Christ. That is, it is Jesus offering my life to God, not me. When the scripture teaches us that the sin of the world was laid on Christ, that it was nailed to the cross. It means that literally on the cross, Jesus offered up all of us to the Father. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul taught us in Romans chapter 6 that we were buried with Christ in baptism. That is, as we enter into the waters of baptism, we are entering into the death of Jesus Christ. It's His death, not our death, that means anything. It's His sacrifice, not our sacrifice, that means anything. All we're doing is believing that Jesus died for my sins. And what that means is that when Jesus died on the cross, everything in my life was nailed to Him. It was laid upon Him and He offered it to God on my behalf. It's not about, see, we see the Christian life, especially the, the process of sanctification, as the, as the lifelong process of trying to figure out how to make yourself more holy. The lifelong process of trying to come out of your sin and, and trying to stop doing this and stop doing that and stop thinking this and stop thinking that and stop saying this and stop saying that. And, and it's all the flesh because it's about what I can do by my own power. But I can't even offer myself to God by my own power. Even Jesus didn't. He said, through the eternal spirit, 
He offered himself to God. And then Paul teaches us that if by the Spirit we put to death the misdeeds of the body, we will live. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to offer ourselves to God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to surrender ourselves to God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to say, God, here I am. Take me. And actually mean it. And not just mean it in an intellectual way or even from the heart. Because we can say things that we mean from the heart that we still don't follow through on. But when the power of the Holy Spirit anoints the lifting of your hands, you sense any place of rebellion in your heart? That's all. The lifting of your hands becomes like the evening sacrifice. Can you imagine that? Having that kind of anointing? Where anytime you sense anything in your life that's not God, anything in your life that grieves His Spirit, Anything in your life that you want to release to him that you have the authority just to stop. And you lift up your hands and it's gone. Wouldn't that be powerful? May the lifting of our hands, that's the cry. That's the anointing God wants to give. Would you rather have that anointing or the anointing to lay hands on the sick and heal them? God wants to give the first. It's the power of worship. The power of self-surrender. Many of you here have been struggling against things in your own power that only God can give you the power to defeat. You've been struggling to surrender things in your own power that only God can give you the power to surrender. And the prayer is not even, oh God, help me. Prayer is, oh God, take over. Work a miracle. Do you believe God for a miracle tonight? I believe God for miracles tonight. May the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. Suddenly, God begins to anoint you with the power of self-surrender. He anoints you with the power to lift up your hands and release it. And all of a sudden, stuff you thought would take months and weeks and years to get past, in one act of the lifting of your hands, it's gone. In one moment of the lifting of your hands, it's gone. We've seen it happen again and again and again and again. How many testimonies have I heard of individuals who said that one moment when I turned my heart to the Lord, suddenly He took it. I lifted up my heart to the Lord. I lifted up my hands to the Lord and He took it. And I never went back to that again. I've heard so many testimonies like that. My brother with alcohol and with drugs. Bam, in one moment, God took it. He had struggled against it for years, had tried by his own power to quit for years, but in one moment when he turned to the Lord, God took it away. God wants to pour out that anointing tonight. He wants to pour out that power. But we've got to understand that it started with Jesus Christ. That that was the authority of his ministry. He offered us to God on the cross. He bought us. He purchased us. We have been bought with a price. And we are not our own. Mm. And offering ourselves to God is really about coming to faith in what Jesus did on our behalf. Not about finding the strength to surrender your own life.
but about tapping into the power of Christ and coming to the place of faith where you fully believe He already offered your life to God for you. He already did by His power what you could never do by your own power. He offered you to God. Tonight, I want us to take a few moments and I want us to reflect upon the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit that is revealed in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That it was nailed to the cross. The scripture says that on the cross, he disarmed powers and principalities. He made a spectacle of them. He triumphed over them by the cross. The scripture says that he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. It was on the cross where my Savior died. It was that that day on the cross where he took the wisdom of men and made it foolishness. And he took the foolishness of God and made it wiser than men. It was that day on the cross, on the cross where he paid the price for our sin. And we talk so much about the resurrection and rightly so. But this is the day where we stop and we consider the cross. We stop and we consider the offering. It was the resurrection that was the acceptance of his offering. But it was the cross where the sacrifice made for the world was made. And when we come to faith and believe, everything that pertains to my life was nailed to the cross with him. We believe it to be there. And we leave it there. Suddenly God begins to anoint our hands. And anoint our hearts with the power of self-surrender. I just want you to bow your head just for a few minutes. And I want you to reflect on the cross. And I want you to begin to say in your heart, Father, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe in the sacrifice made by your son on my behalf. I believe. Whatever it is that you've been struggling to give to the Lord, I want you to see it there on the cross. That when his hands were nailed to that cross, that that thing was nailed to his hands. I want you to see it there. The problem is you've seen it on you for too long. I want you to see it on Christ. It's been nailed to the cross and you bear it no more. May the lifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. shed for me there's no greater love than this you have overcome the grave glory fills the highest place what can separate me now at the cross I bow my knee Where your blood was shed for me There's no greater love than this You have overcome the grave Your glory fills the highest place What can separate me now? 
At the cross, at the cross I bow my knee. Where your blood was shed for me, there's no greater love than this. You have overcome the grave. Your glory fills the highest place. What can separate me? The more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I rest in your. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. The more I seek you, the more I find you, yeah, the more I find you, the more I love you, Lord. To sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep; it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace; it's overwhelming. I want to see the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. Everybody just lift up your hands to the Lord one more time. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak your blessing over these sons and daughters of yours. I bless those who are near and those who are far. And I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you would give us a new revelation of the sacrifice that your son made on our behalf. We receive you again. We receive you afresh and anew. And we love you with all of our hearts. We give you the praise and glory in your precious name. 
Amen. Come on and give God a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise.